the Mom Village podcast. We are three multicultural moms sharing our journey through motherhood with the Christ Center Foundation. For information and resources, visit us at our church's website at gofamilychurch.org. Or you can also email us at themomvillage at gofamilychurch.org. And please go over and follow us on Instagram at themomvillagefc. We're glad that you're here and welcome to our village. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mon Village. We are so happy and excited, like always, to bring another awesome episode. My name is Jesus Marie Ramos, and I'm here with my ladies, Kira Kelly. Good morning, Village. And Kristen Scraggins. Hi, ladies. And we have an awesome topic. This episode is called Daughters, and we're all have daughters, but we're emotional and happy and excited. There's like mixed feelings about this topic. There's so much to talk about daughters, but for your mom, they're listening. If you have a daughter, this is your episode. If you're a single mom, this is your episode. And if you're a blended family, this is your episode because we're going to talk about and dive in all about daughters. But before we start, we got to start by explaining God's design and the way our church shares the gospel with the three circles. And I'm just going to pass it to Kristen, because if we don't talk about this, Kristen, which is the foundation of, you know, this topic and every topic we do, but especially this topic, we won't be able, I don't think our moms will be able to understand, you know, the direction we're going with each answer. Yes, Jason, that's so true. Moms, I can't reiterate this enough that the gospel has to be at the center of every thought, every conversation, every action that we take with our children because it is our grounding point. And the gospel is more than just a tool to lead our children to know Jesus so that they can go to heaven one day when they die. Of course, that's a huge part of it. But the gospel redeems and restores every day. Mm -hmm. And so the way that our church explains it is by using this diagram called the three circles. And we'll throw this in the show notes. Mm -hmm. A lot of you are really familiar with it. If you're a family church mom, you're probably like, oh, my word, we're talking about this again. (laughs) But it just starts with the first circle, which is God's design. And there's scripture verses throughout, but it just it talks about how honestly God's design was the family. So Mm -hmm. his perfect plan was that he created Adam and Eve, husband and wife, and they were going to come together and have children. And that was his good and perfect plan and that we were to worship him wholeheartedly forever. But sin entered into the world. And when that happened through Adam and Eve, all of us now are born with a sin nature. And we see this as evidence in our lives through the next of the three circles, which is brokenness. And so we have sin and then we enter into this place of brokenness. And honestly, if you're looking for a way to share the gospel, brokenness Mm -hmm. is such a great way to enter because you don't have to be in a conversation very long with someone before they start talking about brokenness, whether it's divorce, death, drugs, alcohol, depression, bitterness, all of these yeah. things. And so we try to fix our brokenness by all of these things, relationships, substances, food, beauty. Mm-hmm. And the truth is that none of it mm-hmm. can fulfill or sustain us. And so the only way that we can get back on track is to repent and believe and repent from our sin, change our mind about our sin. Mm-hmm. 
and then believe that Jesus is our only way. And through the gospel, which is the last circle, God, through believing that Jesus died, that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, and believing in that and trusting in Jesus as king of our lives, that helps us to recover and pursue God's design. Mm -hmm. And so that's not just true for my salvation through eternity. That's true no matter what I find myself in as a believer. And so this idea of God's design, sin and brokenness, and then repenting and believing in the gospel and recovering and pursuing God's design, that helps us get back on track when we are already believers, but we are struggling. And is it true that will help us while we're raising daughters? So this is why we're starting with this. Yeah. So that is our premier job as Mm -hmm. a mom, whether we're raising daughters or sons. Today we're talking about daughters, but we are to tell them the things of God and live out the truths of God. And we're praying for them all the time Mm -hmm. since as soon as we find out that they're in our womb, Mm -hmm. that they will come to know this amazing God that we serve. And that has to be the foundation and the cornerstone of all of our teaching and all of our conversations. And, you know, it used to be that they were going to get that teaching other places too, because, you know, the schools or whatever would teach about Christ, but there is nowhere on the face of this Mm, earth that our children (laughs) are hearing the truths of God except for home Mm-hmm. and a Bible-believing church. Mm-hmm. But even church is only a couple of hours yeah. a week. And yeah. so, Mom, you're their first discipler. You're their first theologian. You're their first Bible teacher. And so having this foundation of the three circles, talking to them about their salvation and the power of the Holy Spirit, even in their little young lives, makes such an important Because what you really want to do as a mom with your girls is you're not just trying to build your relationship mom to daughter. You're using that mom to daughter relationship to point them to the ultimate relationship, Mm -hmm. which is them being daughters of the king. Yeah. 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 Well, Kristen, as I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm listening, I think I was looking around the table. I think I have the oldest daughter in the room. Yes, you yes, do. you do. That's true. I'm so happy to not be the oldest something right now. Let me put my grandma self over here and listen to you, Kira. No, oh my goodness. So we have one daughter, and she will be 21 in <gasps> July. Wow. So she is kind of teetering on that adult life. And I just have to be very honest. I had to call her last night and she literally helped me walk through our outline That's last good. night. I really wanted to get her input because yeah. she kind of is on the other side. And I, of course, started with, okay, tell me all the things I did wrong <laughs> <laughs> so I can share with all the moms. Um, and she was just so gracious, very gracious. But it kind of makes me think about, you know, just off the heels of what you were saying, Kristen, my mind goes back to Deuteronomy 6 mm-hmm. about how and when we are to teach our children. And that literally, you know, I'm just going to summarize it. It's literally from the time, as you said, Kristen, they're in the womb, from the time we wake up and mm-hmm. they wake up, when we're in the home, when we're in the car, when we're at baseball practice, at ballet. I mean, all the things that we do as moms, as we're in Target, you know, we're teaching, we're instructing, and we're examples. And So that leads me to think about time with our daughters specifically. Mm -hmm. And in 21 years, I spent a lot of time with my daughter. 
And I just remember a time for us, and I just want to share for those moms who are in this space, a time that I was very intentional about spending time with her. And that was when she was around that nine or 10 age, um, when puberty kind of set in and the whole body image thing started. And unfortunately, that was a tussle in our relationship when we were trying to decide which type of clothing that was appropriate (laughs) for her at the time. I just want to encourage moms out there. That is a very delicate time in your young lady's life because there are a lot of body images, as we know. And I know as as adults, as women, we know that we see all these images that are portrayed to us, whether they're on television or on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. But I would encourage us that that is a time to really press into our girls because the world is kind of sending them these images of what they should look like and what's appropriate. I know that in our house that became a really just very tough situation, almost to the point, and we joke about it now. Um, that's when skinny jeans first came into play, when <laughs> Madison was about that age, and she didn't understand why we didn't want her wearing skinny jeans, which, of course, you know, everyone wears skinny jeans now. But Eric was like, I know you can find regular jeans. There are regular jeans somewhere. So much to the point, he went out and bought my baby girl boy jeans in the husband <laughs> department. Bless his heart. He knew nothing about that. But as I was talking to Madison, she shared with me, Just this little tidbit. She said, Mom, if I were to tell the moms anything, especially about that tween age and body image, she was like, I would tell them to be honest, Mm -hmm. to be very honest with their daughters and to have those conversations and say, listen, this is the way that your body was made. Your body may look different from your friend's body. We're going to dress your body for the appropriate age and your appropriate body type. Because Madison had a very close friend who was like, thin as a rail. And at that point, that's not where Madison was. Her body was different and she couldn't understand why they couldn't wear the same outfit. But one thing that she really helped me to understand was that moms be open to what your daughters, if there's an outfit, say they're looking at, that may not be appropriate. And you as a mom, be honest with them and say, this is not what we're going to wear in our home. This is not appropriate. But let's see, maybe we can take a piece of this outfit and let's create something that's better for your body type. So one thing that I would just encourage moms is be very open, be very honest, allow your daughters to talk to you and explain to them that some of the bodies that they're seeing on, whether it's Instagram or all these different places, are really sometimes not as real as they appear to be. But I think also it starts with us too, because mm-hmm. how do we present ourselves our bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to them? Are we the moms that are always complaining and making jokes about ourselves and our own bodies? I mean, they're watching us in the mirror. And I'm not saying like you can have a fat day. We all have them, you know, <laughs> but, you know, how are we talking to ourselves about our own bodies? Mm-hmm. You know, how are we joking around? Do we tell ourselves all the time, oh, I feel fat or I feel ugly. I don't like this and that. They're watching us. So... You know, it's also the way we love ourselves and we see ourselves, they're going to learn because we are the teachers. Can I also just put a plug in for anti-social media right now? Uh, You know, okay, I'm dating myself, but y'all all know I'm a gray mother, so whatever, I'm old. But, you know, when I was a teenager... We didn't have it. We mm-hmm. didn't have social media. So the, the one time that I would notice, oh, my gosh, I don't look as great as some other people was when I was going through the checkout line at Publix. <laughs> and I would see 17 magazine. magazine and I would see this is really going to date myself. Cindy Crawford, Kathy mm-hmm. Ireland, you know, uh, all these beautiful people to me. 
And then I went home and I, I didn't have 17. My parents wouldn't let me get that magazine because uh, probably for the same reason. <laughs> but then you're just with other regular we're people. people. Mm-hmm. But we're, please don't get mad at me for saying this village, but we're giving our kids access to social media too early. Mm-hmm. And we're killing our daughters, daughters in particular. You know, we'll talk about raising sons and how mm-hmm. pornography is crazy through social media. But, oh, man, we've got the most depressed, anxious generation. And I have to know that some of it's coming from just comparing themselves to these fake people on Instagram all day, every day. And they are they're bombarded by it. And we are not doing our middle schoolers, our elementary school kids any favors by letting them have access to this and just it's just really a struggle. So we basically, yeah, we're fighting battles that we ourselves provoke. Exactly. For Jason. allowing yeah. early yeah. access that, to things that they're not ready they're for. Not ready. And that's one thing Madison was saying to me. She said, Mom, you did a great job as a mom. She's like, but I don't think that you were up on the times, basically. Yeah. I was raising her according to, because we didn't have Instagram, like you said. Yeah. We didn't have yeah. Facebook. We didn't have these images that were bombarding us. Mm-hmm. And she said, I think that sometimes mom forget that they have to remember where their daughters are. Yeah. And, and what, what world they're living in. What world in. they're living in, which mm-hmm. I thought was just very wise. Yeah. Very wise. Yeah. And that takes us to, our, uh, we have different points we're sharing here with you, Village. So there's one point that we wrote here that says that, that we need to have meaningful conversations with our daughters, just like Kira said, and how to make wise choices, how to overcome hurt and jealousy, or how to ask and extend forgiveness, and the most important, how to form a strong relationship with Jesus. And this is just what we talked about. So a lot of you moms might think, well, I mean, how can I start where my daughter is right now? Like, where do I start? Like, I can, how can I share Jesus with them where they are? It's not like a class. It's not like you're going to sit down with them no matter the age and you're going to take 20 minutes and you're going to be like, okay, we're going to talk about Jesus now. (laughs) It's not like that. It's on the daily day conversations, everyday conversations, like Kristen was saying, your daily and anything, literally, it doesn't matter if they're little, it doesn't matter if they're older. It's just on the daily basis. I mean, for you to share Jesus with your daughters is on the daily basis and the regular routines, waking up, talking about anything, watching a movie, and then you're like, hey, what do you think about that? Even minds are little, but yet because we have made it, and we make mistakes, we're not perfect, but because we have made it a point to in every conversation, just make it a normal thing. Even my kids nowadays, they recognize when they see something on the TV or in a movie, hey, that's not God's design. And we looked at each other and we're like, oh, yeah, something's sticking. It might be right now because they're little, they're just repeating mm-hmm. what we taught them, but at least they're getting something. So once they're older, hopefully, you know, they'll come with a, you know, better decision making. Yeah, I think, you know, Jisma, laying the foundations, of, as we've talked about so many times, mm-hmm. is almost shocking to me, which I shouldn't be shocked because God's faithfulness is just... He's just proved himself over and over again. This week, Madison, we were going over her taxes and doing her taxes. And one of the foundations that we have in our home is we tithe. Mm-hmm. And we've taught our children to tithe, you know, over and over again. And and I shouldn't have been shocked, but we were doing Madison's taxes. And she had her report of her giving for the past year when she was working. And, she, you know, she's a college student, but she has worked. And I was shocked. She had given over 20% of her income. That's awesome. For the year. 
And I was like, thank you, Lord. Like we didn't say to her and we didn't remind her every time she got paid. Yeah. Hey, remember, you need to tithe. You need to give back to the work of Jesus Christ. You need to do this. But that's a foundation that we laid very early yeah. conversations that we've had. Our children see that, you know, we talk about, you know, what we have to give our first fruits to the Lord. It's stuck. So yeah. I would encourage moms, you know, keep having the conversations. Well, and Jason, you just said something really important when you said they said that it wasn't God's design. They saw something on TV and you mm-hmm. said they might just be repeating what we're saying right mm-hmm. now. So what? Mm-hmm. That is the point. And you know that. And that's yeah. why you just said that. But I want our moms to understand yeah. that. Think about all the things we teach our children before they understand what they mean. Mm-hmm. Their ABCs. Do you think when your two-year-old sings the ABC song, they have <laughs> any idea what they're talking about? They're just repeating what you've taught them. But eventually, over time, the light bulb comes comes on about the ABCs and their colors and their farm animals. Well, spiritual things are like that too. Yeah. As we are talking to them about all of these things and modeling them for them and pointing out other people that we know that are modeling these things, eventually the light bulb gets to come on. But we can't wait until we think they're cognitively ready for every deep theological truth. Yeah, because they'll do the same thing with the world things. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the world's not waiting. The world is absolutely not waiting. And so we are mandated from Scripture to teach our children, and we have to do that. You know, when and what you said is so true. Like, it's everywhere. So, like, when they're little, you're listening to Bible songs and memorizing Scripture Mm -hmm. and reading Jesus stories and taking them to church and all of these things. But then sometimes when they get older, we kind of quit because we think we've already done that. And we just have to keep remembering that we have to weave the gospel, weave God's design Mm -hmm. into and weave his redemption when they mess up into all these conversations that we're having with them. You know, we try to tell our kids. We want to tell the truth about Jesus yeah. when, by the way that we live. Yeah. And so, you know, I think sometimes as Christian parents, we err on the side of all of the negative. You mm-hmm. know, like we don't do these things because we're Christians. And that's true. But really, we just want to tell the truth about Jesus. Yeah. So I'm not always being negative. Like, hey, I'm not going to do that because I want to tell the truth about who Jesus is. And I'm his representative and you're his representative. But there's positive ways to say that, too. Mm-hmm. So like, hey, daughter, we are we're going to go give this meal to someone because we want to tell the truth about Jesus to them. He cares for people that are hurting. And so just little things like that, teaching them to think of others and why. All these little conversations matter, and it builds a sense of confidence in our girls that most girls don't have because their identity and their self-esteem and their confidence isn't built on how great they are, how beautiful they are, how strong they are, how smart they are. Their confidence at its very core has to be tied to their worth in Christ. Well, one of the things that we were able to talk about is singleness. Now, this is for our older girls. Yeah. Older girls. I know in our church, there are so many, I mean, I feel like there's like a wedding here at our church almost every week. I know, it's fun. It is fun, of the young women. And I think this is one of the questions that came up, you know, talking to our daughters about singleness and preparing them by actually using the men that are in their lives. And I did want to kind of speak to on just, what if I mean, we talked to we had a podcast earlier in this season or maybe last season about being a single mom mm-hmm. and how do we, you know, have those men in, in our girls lives yeah. and Natasha. 
She was awesome. Oh, yeah, she was so okay. good. If you haven't heard that, go back <laughs> and listen to that. We need to repost yeah. it because that was really amazing. Um, yeah. Because I was thinking about that, you know, how do we portray singleness in if we're a single mom or as we're portraying it to our girls? Because a lot of times there's this pressure to like get married and attach yourself to mm-hmm. a man immediately. And honestly, I was talking to Madison and not particularly about this, but she said that's one of the things she kind of feels. She was like, well, mom, should I be, should I be thinking about marriage? And I'm like, God has, if God has a husband for you, Mm -hmm. because, you know, there are women who are called to singleness. Mm -hmm. It is your job now to surrender to him and to wait. You are not out looking for a husband or seeking a husband. You are just allowing God to refine you to be a wife if you are to be a wife in good time. But going back to how do we prepare our young ladies, even if we're single moms, like Madison has a father who is in the home thank the Lord. And he has been a great role model for her. I love that even now he sends her flowers. He loves on her well. He opens the door for her. He probably wants to send her money way too much (laughs) to stop him (laughs) because he wants her to know that you are taken care of. So of course, first her heavenly father, but then her earthly father also. But for the moms who may not have that, I want to encourage them that there are men in our church, there are uncles, there are friends, there are fathers of friends who can step in and be mm-hmm. those, pastors. Yeah, yeah, who can be those role models for our young women and and give them that godly man example in their lives. And let me, ladies, put you on the spot really quickly. How about how can we help? Our moms that have older girls, and I know that's kind of, we'll dive in more in part two, but they want to be very independent women, you know, mm-hmm. but yet we want to keep it biblical, you know, that yes, it's good for you to be independent. It's good for you to be, you know, a career woman and follow and, and seek all that. But we want to make sure we keep it biblical, you know, like God created, you know, the men and the women for a reason, you know, and how do we teach them that? Even if later on the Lord allows you to get married or or not, you know, we got to keep that. I'm not saying that the men will take over your life, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, there's a reason why there's a biblical foundation for that. I I think, too, I mean, mainly by example. Like, I know Mm -hmm. no one ever wants to hear that word submissive. Like, that has a bad connotation. (laughs) Right, because the world right now is is telling our girls the opposite. It's like, you know, I just, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because the world is saying right now, you know, men should be men enough, you know, and women, you have the power to do whatever you want. And I think your husband preached about this, Kristen, how they're taking over the men role, you know, mm-hmm. and substituting it. And all this God's design is taken away. Yet we as women, we always desire, you know, that men love from us, either from a father figure, a husband, because it's in our design. It's mm-hmm. the way God designed us, the way God is with the church, you know, the way we always have that design in us. So how can we share to our moms and be like, hey, you know, we can encourage our daughters yet to be strong women and, you know, independent professional women yet follow, you know, the God's biblical design. God's design. Yeah. Well, confession time for me. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> friends can be honest and transparent. That's something I struggled with. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a home pretty much with a single mom. So I didn't have a dad in the home. So I saw a very strong woman. My grandmother, same story, a very strong woman. So I am not leaning on any excuses and saying that 
I have a more dominant personality because mm-hmm. of that. But that is what I saw. That is what I grew up with. So I am still in the process of mm-hmm. learning how to be biblically submissive to yeah. my husband because I think and that's the key biblically submissive. biblically submissive to my husband because I by personality I think I do have a stronger and as we have coined it I have a takeover spirit <laughs> in my home <laughs> where I kind of want to lead and not even intentionally I yeah. just sometimes feel like oh I can do it I can do it and I do have that independent spirit within me. And I'm going to be very honest. The Lord has had to put me in my place. (laughs) And for the reason of being a good role model for my daughter and my sons. Mm. So some of the behaviors I am intentionally having to learn to be biblically submissive in my home is talking to my husband about decisions Mm -hmm. and saying to my children, well, listen, your father and I need to discuss that or daddy and I need to talk about that or just showing them that there is an order in our home. There is a hierarchy that Mm -hmm. your dad comes first and then mom. That doesn't mean, and Eric is very supportive in that biblical submission definition. That doesn't mean he rules over, Mm -hmm. you know, it just means that we are a team, but God has put him at the head of our home Mm -hmm. and mom is there right there as a support. So I am having to learn right now at the ripe old age, still learning a 48, how to be biblically submissive because it was not taught to me. I did not see it. And I am so grateful that I do have friends who were taught Mm -hmm. that I am just actively watching and observing how they do things. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm putting you on the spot, Kristen, <laughs> because, because Eric says to me all the time, "You need to hang out with Kristen more." Oh gosh, <laughs> Jimmy would be like, "Hold up, Eric! Hold up, Eric! <laughs> you need to hang out with Kristen." But I tell you, you know, and we're going to wrap this up soon. But mm-hmm. I do think it's important because I think we've got two things going on that make this a difficult conversation. Mm-hmm. One, it's really clear in Scripture in Genesis that part of the curse mm-hmm. is that we're not going to want to live out God's design mm-hmm. in a biblical yeah. fashion, that men are going to want to kind of squash down women. And we see that all day, every day in society, and that women are going to kind of want to be the husband's role. And boy, do we see that, too. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's just a woman problem. It's both because mm-hmm. it's a sin problem. OK, we have that. We have one thing. And then we have this other dueling problem when it's regard to biblical manhood and womanhood and submission is that we haven't seen it modeled well a yeah. lot of times. Mm-hmm. And so we haven't seen it modeled well either way. Either we haven't seen submission modeled or We've seen what we want to air quote submission mm-hmm. as really demeaning to women. And that is not what biblical marriage is supposed to be. It's this beautiful, complementary relationship between this husband and this woman who this husband loves his wife like Christ, Christ loved, loved the, the church. church. Mm-hmm. And so he's dying to himself daily for the mm-hmm. benefit of her. And then you have this wife who has love and respect for this man who is loving her like Christ loved <laughs> the church. You can't have one without yeah, the yeah, other. Yeah. And so we've got to show our girls if they are going to be married and we're married, the three of us. Mm-hmm. And so it's our job to show them what this looks like well. Yeah. And so I want my girls to be smart 
I want them to be strong. I don't want my girls to be wimps. Mm -hmm. Um, I want them to be able to stand up for themselves. I want them to have dreams and hopes and desires. But I want all of that to at the cornerstone for them to be everything that God wants them Them to to be. be. And Mm -hmm. I want them to know that marriage and parenthood is a beautiful gift mm-hmm. from God. And so whether they grow up to be doctors or lawyers or teachers or stay-at-home moms, that those two roles, if they find themselves married and with children, that those are blessings and not mm-hmm. a hindrance to something else that God wants them to do. And this yeah. is why we started with the three circles and sharing with you, Mom, the importance of speaking gospel as a regular thing in your home because Without these foundations, every single thing that we talk about daughters and every single thing we talk about in this podcast would not make sense to you. Yeah. And can I just say one more thing? You can say it as many um, things as you want. Okay. So I'm frustrated by this whole topic because I feel like the church, not our church, I do feel like our pastors and, and family church is handling this well, but the church in general as yeah. a whole is dropping the ball because we are so afraid that we're going to step on someone's toes or not fit in with what society is expecting of us. And we're so worried we're going to squash women down and make them feel small that we don't tell them the truth Truth. about God's design. And I think about it like this. If Jimmy gave me a beautiful diamond ring, I mean the most beautiful diamond ring in the whole wide world, but he wrapped it in a really tacky package, Would I throw that diamond ring out with the tacky package because I didn't like the way that it was wrapped? No. That diamond ring is valuable Mm -hmm. and beautiful. I'm just going to throw that tacky package away. Well, I feel like we have tackily packaged (laughs) biblical manhood and womanhood. And so now everybody just wants to throw all of it out. But God's design is a beautiful gift to us. And so just because someone has wrapped it up in a, Negative, tacky, ugly, negative, <laughs> ugly, cheap way does not mean we throw God's gift out with it. We've just got to do a better job of presenting, presenting his, it, yeah. his design well. And the way at least our village is doing is just doing it one thing at a time. At least we're trying to hear, just share with you a little bit of wisdom, village and mom. But we have more wisdom and more little points to share with you. In part two, so stay tuned. We're going to share more about daughters. I know you're probably thinking we didn't share as many things. There's coming, part two. And then we have some questions you share from our Instagram page. So don't miss part two because it's coming. But we're going to say goodbye for now. And we'll see you in part two talking more about daughters. Ladies, let's say goodbye. One, two, three. Bye. Bye.